and um, I hear the first officer call out. And, and the first officer jumps on the radio and he screams, holy shit, the goat man. And I mean, it's just like everything went quiet. And my, I, I could hear the ringing in my ears and I could feel my heart race. And so I hit my life and I went flying up there. I'd been told by some old, older people, elders, that you grab them and you hold them and you, you, you don't own them, but you, you hold them there until daylight. If you can hold them or pull it in, pull them into the light, it uh, destroys anything they have, uh, any kind of power or anything that, or anything they were trying to do to you, it'll, it'll destroy them. This guy was like bouncing, like. You know, like how you, you see people kind of getting ready to jig? You know how they kind of bounce? Yeah, he was like that way. He was just kind of bouncing, and he was just kind of going back and forth and one foot to the other. And uh, and he just kind of turned sideways, and he turned back over to the other way, and and uh, he took off. Holy shit, he jumped in Wanda. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Lodge Tales, and I'm your host, Rod Williamson. This, this next episode that we're going to get into is is a bit disturbing, and parts of it are graphic, so full disclaimer right now, if you have young kids that like listening to the podcast, I would, I would first listen to the show, and then see if it's something you would let your kids listen to, because there is some graphic uh, detail in some of these this experience that happened with this lady and her her family, her son and her daughter. So she was visited by, it was her kid, her son and her daughter were visited by this thing that they called a goat man. And it kind of visited, more so with her son, it visited him more. And parts of what he talks about are, are pretty disturbing. You will see... During a lot of this episode, I, when I was recording with the lady, and, you know, she wants to remain anonymous, but when I was recording with her, there are parts of the show where I didn't even know what to say. I was basically speechless through, through a lot of it. <laughs> um, it was one of those episodes that you know, I really had to kind of smudge off and pray for the person telling the story. And, you know, I haven't got nightmares from it, but it is it is a bit disturbing at times throughout the show. So, this goat man thing, uh, from all the stories I've heard about it, it can be a man, it could just be a straight up goat, or it could be a half man and a half goat thing. Whatever the spirit is, it's really bad though, and it terrorizes a lot of people, scares people. Um, excuse me, there are stories of it wanting, like trying to wreck people. There are stories of it when it's people are broke down and it's offering rides to people 
There are stories of it burning a bar down once. Um, it goes on and on with this thing. And in my tribe, it's kind of a new thing. It hasn't always been in the old stories. They haven't talked about it. It's kind of a newer thing. It's you know around the 1960s or so. It started showing up around where I'm from. And now I finally heard a story of it from Alaska. It's one of those things where when you talk about some of these things, you can manifest things too. You can start trying to, you know, it'll it, it almost call them back. So if you ever tell stories and they're really disturbing to you, I would just suggest that you pray. Ask for protection in your own way. You know, in our way we do certain things. Of course, smudging and and we call on our helpers to protect us and things like that. So I would suggest you do the same. If you're ever going to tell some really, I guess, uh, disturbing stories or, or really scary ones that stick with you, that you've experienced, that would kind of be my suggestion for you. Because, you know, that that's what I do. And when I listen to these stories, I've heard a lot of them now, and I think people might question, how does this guy listen to all these and go through all these and doesn't, uh, you know, get scared or doesn't... Well, the fact of the matter is I do get scared. Some of these stories are scary, and they, the image they put in my mind is scary. But like I said, I... I just, I smudge, I pray, and I ask for that protection and for nothing to bother us, nothing to come into our house or, or bother me or anything like that. Um, I have a traveling stick that I, I go, that's in my vehicle that I use whenever I go places. Yeah, there's, if you guys don't know what that is, it comes from comes from the old Blackfeet ways. It's a, it's a painted beaver stick, but I, I carry that around with me. And I would just suggest that you all do something, you know, in your own way, whatever it is, to protect your guys' selves from, from things like this when you're telling these stories. Because I had this other lady um, that just listened to the stories. And it's actually the woman's friend that tells the story. It's her friend. They're from Alaska. And when she started listening to the stories, things started happening around their house. And that's why I'm saying that sometimes, you know, there, there are other Indians out there too that believe if you're telling ghost stories, you're, you're basically calling them in. And so I would just protect yourself from, from that if that's what you experiencing or if that's what you've been taught then yeah go ahead and protect yourself or or don't even tell ghost stories period <laughs> that's what you've been taught you know where I'm from we we tell a lot of ghost stories and I've always been fascinated by them the different experiences that people have had I guess what fascinates me is the different types of hauntings that can happen there's so many different things out there that can 
that bother around, you know. And for me, the I guess what I get out of a lot of it is, well, there are ways to protect yourself and to combat these things when they're bothering you. So, like you'll hear stories of people talk, oh yeah, this happened, that happened, and, and this is what we did about it. So, that's the other part of it. If things are happening, I would just and like to share how we deal with these things that that come about and that scare you, that bother you. And how we get rid of them, protect ourselves as well, you know. And same with your animals. Heck, don't forget them in your prayers. They live right with you in your house, or they're with you on the road, or wherever you go, you know, they're, if you're one of those that takes your pets with you, yeah, protect them too. Because they're susceptible to a lot of these things as well. Um, so, this woman that tells the story, she really wanted to convey to people that if you're, I guess her one message is to encourage parents to teach their kids. Um, now I'm paraphrasing for her, these ain't her exact words, but to teach your kids your ways so that they have something good to believe in if something bad comes to them they will know that there is a good way to deal with these things um, good spirits good good teachings and things like that because these kids for some reason those spirits can really mess with them and if they're prepared you know in, in a spiritual way of some sort they'll be able to deal with things a little easier on their own. And they're just young. They don't know any better, you know. So, I guess I just wanted to pass along the message she had for the parents out there. Um, and I hope, I hope this story doesn't scare people too bad. And I freak, and please, in advance, forgive me because I really don't know the Bible ways as much, Christian or Catholic ways as much. I really don't know a lot about them. Because we I follow the old ways of our of our tribe, the traditional ways. And I, I I've never really been around it a lot to where I would say I pra um I practice the faith of the Bible because I, I don't I don't really know it. So I if I offend anyone, um, I, I apologize in advance. Um, I, I just don't... I respect everybody's ways, right? And I'd really hate to come across as disrespectful in any way, shape, or form. That's not what I want to do here. And so please forgive me if I have offended you with any of these... My, my ignorance toward those ways of the Bible. <laughs> just forgive me, I don't mean to be like that. It's just how I was raised and who I am. So without any more messing around, let's let's get into it. Alright everybody, today we have a guest that wants to remain anonymous. Um, she has a story that she wants to share with us all. And 
I'll just hand it right over to her, let her introduce herself as much as she's comfortable with, and share her story. All right, go ahead. Hi, um, I'm a Alaska native. Um, you know, I was raised mostly in Alaska. You know, in my younger years, you know, we did live down in Arizona and, you know, and returned back to Alaska. Um, so I, you know, two of my children, you know, their dad is from Arizona. And we had separated and he, you know, had moved back to his reservation. Mm -hmm. June of 2010, my daughter was down there to visit her dad for a month. My parents brought her down. And my daughter, Lydia, she was seven years old at that time. And on the third evening, her dad brought her over to see her grandpa and auntie, who was just a few years older than her. Her dad left her at his dad's house for a few hours while he did some errands. And while she was visiting, she needed to use the restroom. So her auntie walked her to the bathroom and then went back to the back room where her, her dad were watching TV. As Lydia was walking out of the bathroom, she heard a man's voice call her from a room that no one was in. And she saw that there was a hole in the wall next to the door. And inside that hole in that wall, she saw this yellowish, whitish looking eyes and a mouth with with regular teeth and sharp teeth smiling at her. And she was standing in the hallway and he told her that he had something to show her that it was just a book. So she entered the room, she turned the light on and the closet door was fully closed and it began to open on its own. Once the door was opened completely the bedroom door slammed shut. She seen inside the dark pitch black closet and the same eyes and mouth that was talking to her when she was in the hallway began talking to her. It asked her if she wanted to see a book and she agreed with, you know, with her being a young girl, she was curious. Yeah. This golden book floated out of the closet the cover of the book had rubies and a golden design. She sat down and after she touched the book, it laid in front of her and the pages started turning by themselves. The pages that she seen were very aged with an old English type of font. She attempted to read the words, but the language was like a ancient text that she did not comprehend. Yeah. From that moment to this day, on her own research, she has not found a font or that type of language in any other book or literature in that sort. 
when she would go to the libraries and try to look up older books, nothing can compare to what she, you know, had seen that at, on that day. When the pages stopped flipping, oh, um, it stopped on a page of Jesus Christ carrying the cross, all bloody. Um, in that picture, he was wearing an actual golden crown. And then the images started to move. And when the images was like a little movie, mm-hmm. Jesus was wearing thorns. Um, the people that were in the crowd were holding rocks. And then their rocks turned to flowers. The people had angry faces, and then they no longer looked angry, but changed to happy and joyful. The crown that Jesus was on his head was thorns, and then it turned to an actual golden crown. And when she was looking at the crown, she read the letters on the crown that spelled demons. That's when the voice in the closet asked her, Do you believe what you see? The voice told her, because it is written, it is real. She was sitting on the floor looking at that book. She stood up and she yelled into the closet, No, this is false. This isn't real. I don't believe it. The thing in the closet quit smiling at her and told her, I will make you believe. The light bulb exploded. He, and once it exploded, that room became pitch black. And he told her, you are mine. You cannot escape me. And she told him, I am not yours. She was unable to see anything in the room Mm -hmm. or navigate around the room, but she ran over to where the door should have been, and there was no doorknob for her to leave that room. So she ran back to where she first was standing, and then she ran towards the closet because she remembered him talking to her through that hole in the wall. And she felt that she felt that hole and started crawling through that hole till she made it to the other side. And when she was standing back in that hallway, she ran to her grandpa's room and was shouting to him, "Where's my dad at?" Was that hole like a big hole? She she was able to crawl through, huh? It was. Um. So, the last time I was in that house was in two thousand one. Uh huh. And it was like, I remember there was a hole in the wall and it was probably like two this tall size. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so this was in 2010. And at that time, um, her grandpa and his wife had, do, had separated. Yeah. So that hole could have increased. I don't know. Oh, she could only see the eyes and... And the teeth, she couldn't see any body or any shadow or anything like that? No, that's all she saw was sharp teeth. Yeah. And yellowish, whitish eyes. 
And so did this thing follow her back to Alaska? Yes, it um it did. So in 2014, mm-hmm. my daughter and my son shared a bedroom, and my son woke up one night to, and he could see the whole image, the whole being of this goat man, and he was standing there looking at his sister and they slept on opposite sides of the bed and he reached over and he touched the leg because he wasn't sure if what he's seeing is real or not and and then the goat man turned its head at my son and he told my son normally when it's the first time that a child sees me, they are scared. But you, you're not. And he smiled. And then he sat down and asked my son if he wanted to see the book. My son didn't describe the book when he first told me. Um... But he just said, yeah, it was a book, Mom. But he didn't really go into much detail. And he said the book was flipping pages by itself. And when it stopped, he described seeing Jesus on the cross. And the goat man said, see, he's dead. Hmm. Do you believe that? And my son said, you know, I'm only seven years old. I don't know what to believe. And he said, okay, in time you will. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, the goat man would go and visit my son at night. And, you know, my son felt like he was a helper. He, he was a friend. He didn't scare my son. He didn't come off as scary to my son. My son at that time in 2014 was seven. Um, That summer of 14, when we were moving uh, to a different part of town that we were living in, um, you know, my son told me that it was telling him how to do tricks and magic. My son said that the only time that he tried to do magic was when he lit this toilet paper on fire. And then he said that's the only time that he tried to do magic. And he got, you know, my mom seen that there was a fire in the closet and, you know, they stomped it out and, you know, he got scolded. And I, you know, told him don't ever play with fire in the house. You know, I... I told him, you know, when I was a kid, I played with fire outside. You know, I'd gather grass and I'd burn it and stomp it out for fun until I got caught and, you know, got corrected not to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I told my son, don't play with fire, period. It's dangerous. You know, maybe for camping, you know, so I was highlighting the importance of, you know, when it's appropriate and not. And we never had that happen again, thankfully. 
So did that goat man start the fire, or did your son start it? My son did. And he taught him how to do it? Yeah. You know, I was yelling, like, where's the matches? Where's the lighter? And he he didn't show me. God, that's, and, that's bad. You know, he, he told me that it would take him on walks around the neighborhood at yeah. night. And, uh, and I was like, what the heck? You know, I was surprised. You know, he didn't share with me, not until 2019, after it quit seeing him. Yeah. You know, so hearing something that happened five years prior was quite alarming for me. Um, and there were, you know, when I would ask him, why didn't you tell me? All these years, you know, I was like kind of upset. And he was like, Mom, I thought you could see him too. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, one night I woke up to go get water and I seen him in your room. And I was like, oh my God, I would never be talking to no, no dang goat man or spirit or anything. Mm -hmm. And I told my son, you know, I think that... He felt you might talk to me about it, so he tricked you in thinking that I could see it as well. And he was like, yeah, I guess so, Mom. And there was a time when we were helping someone move, and he was in the basement by himself, and he was lifting up these heavy totes. And we had three adults grabbing the totes from the crawl space. And, you know, like, each time that, you know, they would grab it, it was like another tote would appear at the entry part for the next adult to grab. And, you know, after several of them were being, you know, brought up, I was like, how, how is this 12-year-old able to move so fast? And I was telling my son, you need help down there. You need help. And he kept telling me, no, Mom, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine, Mom. And, you know, after several more totes were, you know, brought up from the basement, I was like, no, no, you know, someone needs to go down there. And I had one of the other adults go down in a crawl space with him. And it was like, it was, it seemed even longer for all those totes to be brought up. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, somehow my son was moving them so fast. And, you know, when, you know, when we, when he was telling me, you know, about it, he was like, remember that day that we were helping someone move and I was in the basement? And I told him, yeah, I, I remember that day. I felt like it was very unusual how you're able to move those totes out by yourself, being a 12-year-old little boy. And he goes, well, the goat man was help lifting those. And I was just at the entry point, and he was handing them to me. And there was extra shadows around him that were pushing the totes to the entry. So, you know, that's how I was able to move all those totes as fast as I was. It was because he was my helper. 
and then I asked him, well, what happened when, when that one guy went down there with you? And he was like, well, when he came down, all those shadows disappeared. But the goat man, he moved to the back corner. And I swear I thought that that guy could see him because he kept looking at him. And I, I told my son, you know, that guy, he's a, he's Mexican. And, you know, and I believe that, you know, his family religious point is Catholic. Mm-hmm. And him having a, you know, Catholic background, they pray. And he probably sensed something dark in that closet. That's probably why he kept staring that way. And I told my son, if he could actually see what was standing with you, I guarantee you he wouldn't stick down there with you. And my son just kind of laughed. Um, in the time that my son would talk with the goat man, he told my son, never say the name of Jesus to me. And then one of the times that he was visiting my son, he wanted to test that theory out. And he said Jesus to the goat man, and the goat man was gone. So I asked my son, how long was it until you seen him again? What, what time frame was it, would you guess? And he told me, it was about a month, Mom. And then I asked him, was was the goat man mad that you disobeyed him? The one thing that he said never to do. And he said, yes, Mom, he was really mad. Hmm. He picked me up and he screamed in my face, never say that to me ever again. And my son was like, okay, okay. Whoa. You know, I asked my son, how how big was it? And he said that he'd have to crouch on his knees because if it stood up, he'd have to bend over with his head down because of how big his horns were. Um, one evening, you know, I went to my son's room. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when he had his own room. It's probably around 14. You know, I was, I thought I heard him talking to somebody when I was making dinner. And I went over to his room and I was like, hey, what's going on? And he said the goat man was sitting in his closet. And he was like, oh, nothing, Mom. And I'm like, are you sure you don't want to come out here and hang out with us? He was like, no, Mom, I'm good. And he told me that when he was sitting there, he looked in the closet, and this is the only time that he saw the goat man's fingernail, but he went, like he was pointing upward, and he went, and he saw the fingernail on that goat man, and he said it was really long and curved. I wish you would have told me what was in your closet, you know, I would have cast it out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you thinking that that's your friend, you know, that's why you probably didn't tell me. Did he ever describe how the body of it looked? 
told me that he looked like a goat. Like a really big goat. Yeah. You know, I asked him, you know, like, was it half human, half, bottom half, like a goat? And he was like, no, the whole body. He told me that, you know, he was asking him, like, can you switch your body? And he shared with my son that he can do half human, half goat, or full human. And my son was like, whoa, that's, that's cool. Can you show me? And he told my son, no. I will not show you my human form because I don't want you to recognize me if you were to see me on TV. Oh, no. But I do. He did confirm that he does have a human form. Wow, that's so, so creepy and strange. I mean, to think that he's out there in the mainstream somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, he said that you would recognize me on TV. Uh. My son told me that sometimes he wouldn't see him for a long time. Mm -hmm. And he asked him, how come I don't see you for a long time? And the goat man told him, when they worship me, I have to go to them. That's why I'm gone for a long time. And I told my son, that is fucking the devil. Yep. Wow. And did it's how did it find I mean, was this the only times that he recounted to you that he was visited by it? Was there any more times before it finally left him alone? Yeah, so it visited him from two thousand fourteen all the way up till two thousand nineteen. Um, in one of the visits, I would say maybe 2018, when he was describing his bedroom, mm -hmm. um, that I asked him if he wanted to visit hell. Mm -hmm. And my son, you know, being curious, he was like, sure, you know. And then he said that the moment that he said sure, he said that, the floor in this room started to open up. And he said that it took a long time, like about two hours for it to reach the bottom. And, you know, while he was waiting, you know, he kind of fell asleep because it was taking a long time. And the goat man woke him up and he said, are you ready? And he said, yeah. And then my son said that wings shot out the back of his back like an eagle yeah like really large wings and he's like whoa where did those come from and the goat man told him man i had these the whole time i just never needed to use them yeah. and then he's like climb on my back and he climbed on his back and he said that they went straight down like they were flying downwards straight down and I asked, how long did it take to get to the bottom? He goes, it was about 30 minutes of flying down till I reached the bottom. And then he said that they were walking in tunnels to get to hell. And at one point, there was this shadow thing that grabbed his leg and was pulling him. And he told the goat man, hey, hey, it's grabbing me. 
And the goat man walked over and kicked it. And he told my son, don't let them grab you. And I, I told my son, wow, Jerry. Wow. He, he left you to your own responsibility. And I was like, what, what did you see down there? And he tells me, well, you know, I was like, you know, it's dark, right? And he said, yeah, but we could see. Uh, and I was asking him how. And he goes, Mom, you know when there's a bonfire and you could see around it? I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what you mean. And he goes, Mom, it's like as far as the eye can see, there's a bonfire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Do you know what those bonfires were? Did you hear crying? Because I, I know when people describe hell that there's gnashing of teeth and crying. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, yeah, I heard that, Mom. I'm like, did you ask the goat man what that was? And he said, yeah, Mom. The goat man just said, don't worry about that. They're just sinners. And I was like, and I was, I was like, how were you not alarmed or bothered? And he said, I don't know, you know, I don't know. He, you know, and before he knew it, he was back in his room. And that time he was all he was in the shape of a goat that whole time, like an actual goat, not half. Yeah, a full goat, full grown big ass goat. Whoa. It was in 2019, you know, in the house that I bought, like, you know, I'd always feel creepy here. So, you know, I kept blessing my house, kept praying for my house. I kept casting all, you know, any spirits that are earned of Heavenly Father got to go. You know, I kept constantly doing that, like, and... You know, I kept getting my house blessed. I even got my house staged. And the goat man told my son, you're not going to see me anymore. Hmm. This is going to be our last visit. And at that time, um, I was with someone who was verbally abusive. Yeah. And he told my son, well, when you miss me, go talk to him. And when he's saying hurtful words, it's me telling you I love you. Jeez. And I asked my son, because over the years, you know, I, you know, I'd always bring my kids to church with me. And, you know, my older daughter got baptized when the opportunity came, and he didn't want to. And then, you know, other times, you know, when it presented himself, itself, you know, he'd always decline. And I told him, it's okay, you know, I'm not forcing you. Mm-hmm. And then summer of 19, he went to Bible camp with my older daughter, and... He was ready to ask Jesus in his heart 
and and be baptized. And he was telling my daughter, I can't wait to tell my mom. Because he knew that, you know, I would ask him, not all the time, it was like a constant, you know, question, but when the opportunity came up, you know. But he was excited to tell me. And end of 2019, when he told me, he goes, Mom, remember when I waited and waited to get baptized? The reason why I felt ready was after the goat man quit visiting me, I had this dream and it felt like it was three months long, but it was just in one night. And I was asking him, well, what happened in your dream? And he goes, mom, I experienced what the sinners experienced. Hmm. And I was like, what was that? And he told me, you know, when we when we first arrived to hell, there was me and a bunch of other sinners with me, and they hung us on big hooks. You know, the same type of hooks that, we, you know, when they're butchering a cow, mm-hmm. and they hang the carcass on the hook? That's what they did to all of us. And then we went down a long train line until it was our turn for us to be taking off the hooks. And they bound my hands and my feet behind me. And they set me on a big table with an apple in my mouth. And there was a bunch of demons sitting around me. And mom, I felt every bite that they would chew. And they ate my flesh until I was just bones, mom. Oh, God. And then they they threw me in a bonfire. I was in a holding cell. And I was just bones in a, in a holding cell, Mom. And I was there, and I couldn't escape. And there was these two gorilla-sized, Demons that would beat me every day, Mom. And when I woke up and when we, when me and my sister went to Bible camp, I knew that I didn't want to be a sinner and I don't ever want to go to that place. Mom, I don't want to go to hell. That's why I, I wanted to be baptized. Wow. He said that dream felt like three months. Yes. Oh, poor guy, jeez. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, what what faith do you do you guys follow? Non-denominational, hmm. but you know, more you know, Christian. Yeah. Wow. So after this, he got baptized, and you were um, getting your house blessed and stuff like that, and it quit happening right after this moment. 
the visits to my son stopped. Um, but, you know, my house, you know, every once in a while will get uncomfortable. And then, you know, I would, you know, invite my uncle who used to be a preacher, mm-hmm. him and his wife over to re-bless my house. And it seemed like it finally left in 2021. That's relatively recent. Yeah. Like, you know, I had my cousins over and, you know, it was like, there was still kind of an eerie feeling, you know, here and there. Not, it wasn't constant. I never seen anything, you know, but I would just sense, you know, like when it would feel uncomfortable and then I just start praying, like, you know, I don't understand, you know, why. And my... One of my cousins, she told me, yeah, one of my other cousins used to live in that house like 20 years ago. And, you know, the daughter lived in the downstairs and, you know, there was a uh, evil presence in her room. And I, you know, and I told my cousin, well, you know, I pray. I'm not worried about it. You know, whatever's there, you know, won't be there. I'll, I'll keep praying and praying, getting it blessed. I even had one of my, my friends from up north come over and we, you know, she staged my house. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we staged it and then we also prayed over the house, staged the corners. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll ask um, my son, you know, if he has any encounters and he said no, no, he hasn't seen it. And if it were to come around, he would cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, that, you know, I've heard that's a really powerful thing to do, where you you say that, you know, cast him out with his name. I've, I've heard of that work, and, you know, you see it on TV and stuff, but no, I didn't, I've heard stories. Some of my really good friends have told me stories about the power of that. You know, because that's not our way, uh, growing up on the Blackfeet Res, the traditional ways. We don't have those kinds yeah. of sayings, but I've heard they're really powerful. You know, um, when I was in my teenage years, you know, I would have sleep paralysis. And, you know, when I was going to church... You know, I learned that the power of Jesus, you know, it wasn't like I was, you know, I knew that, knew it, knew it. Mm-hmm. And then as I was getting older, you know, I learned the power of Je- the name of Jesus and having faith in Jesus and relationship with Jesus. That when the, my, the sleep paralysis, you know, when I feel something holding me down and like it would like grab my jaws and then I was able to move my tongue and I'm using my tongue to try to say to other g g g. The more that I'm trying g g g g, and I and I wouldn't even get to the whole word of Jesus. I'd say half the word, and my mouth would release, and then I would say Jesus, and my whole body would be released. Hmm. Um, and those were in my younger 20s, 
that, you know, I had some sleep paralysis the last time that I did have that. Yeah. That's another thing that's quite common. It usually goes away in your 20s, from what I understand. Well, some of my friends that are, like, in their late 30s and early 40s, some of them still do have that sleep paralysis. And so, you know, I try to educate them if they don't know. That's really interesting. Because not with everybody, let me just say that. I said it usually goes away in your 20s, but... The ones that continue to have it later in life are kind of rare, but it does happen. <laughs> it's yeah. it's kind of creepy because for me, I think the last time it happened to me, I was about 26 that I remember, 27, somewhere around there. Then it kind of stopped. But yeah, that's something, if no one's ever, you know, that's listening, has never experienced that, that's one of the most horrifying things that will happen to you. Yeah. You know, you'll remember that the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. Um, you know that European Christmas time, that Krampus, or I'm not even sure of the pronunciation. Krampus? You know, like, huh? Krampus? Trumpets, yeah. Yeah. So I showed pictures of those things, and I and I was like asking my son, "Is the horns like this big? Because these are kind of big. Mm-hmm. Does he look like that?" And he would say, "No, no, no, it didn't." And those things are kind of large, and I was like, "Wow, you know, yeah. like, kind of weirded out on how big this being was." I keep thinking about it in that closet, like, was, I imagine, since it's kind of a, you know, a, um, non-physical at times, I would think they could make themselves physical at times, too, but it must have, was it on its knees, kind of like, with just its head coming out the closet, and the rest of its body kind of faded back into the closet, huh? When my daughter was looking at it? When your daughter and your son, either either one, when they would see it in the closet. Because it's so big. Well, so my daughter had never seen it physically. Mm-hmm. She only seen the eyes and the mouth. And my son seen the whole body of it. When it, when he, when it appeared in that room that they shared back in 14, my son said it was the whole body. And I think that it, it, traveled from Arizona to Alaska, you know, coming to take my daughter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it wanted to bring it, bring fear to my daughter, so it was in its regular body. And I told my son, you know, you are very brave. And I just want to thank you for your bravery and not allowing your sister's, sister to wake up and get scared of that thing. Jeez. That was the only experience your daughter had with it, though? Yeah. That's good, jeez. Wow, so... So it pretty much ended then after the baptism? 
in the dream? Well, before he got before he got baptized, it and before he had that dream, it told my son, "You will no longer see me." Oh right. Mm -hmm. And then my son had the dream not too long after that, and then he went to. Um, youth camp that summer, June of 19. And then it wasn't until November of 19 is when my son tr told me his ex his experience. How old was he then in 2019? Um... Fourteen. Oh, he's still just a kid. Or fifteen? Yeah. Fourteen, fifteen. God, still just a kid. You know, there's stories of that thing back where I'm from, too. And... I really don't know how to explain them. They're on the podcast, and the people that have seen them, the one story I've... Well, I've heard multiple stories from this thing third-hand, fourth-hand stories, but I heard a first-hand account, and it's on the podcast with Mike Conley, and he says that thing's big. He says it's tall, about seven feet tall. He says it's big. And I don't, I don't really know about it. You know, like, where did it come from? Because we didn't have that here. A friend of mine was talking about it, and you know, he was around all the elders, you know, from from generations ago. From it would be the grandkids of the Indians that got put on the reservations initially. So it's still relatively fresh in their minds all these stories, and plus they were raised in the old ways. And there mm -hmm. was never um, stories of this thing until around the 1960s, is what I want to say, around where I'm from. And it's kind of a newer thing to us, but there's, there are stories of it that go way back to Europe. They go way back to Europe about this thing. So I'm almost wondering if, you know, it followed them over here. It could have. I don't know. I don't act like I know. Ne neither do I. I'm just wondering, like, what? Where did the yeah. how like what how did this thing get here and you know you know I I didn't hear about that thing until my family moved down um to Arizona like back in ninety nine yeah and you know I was like oh that's your guys scary stories down here and I was like well you know in Alaska we have you know um. The little people and the hairy man. Mm -hmm. And then people would joke like, oh, you know, the Obama snowman, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you can build it in your yard, you know, just making jokes. And I never spoke about it with my, with my kids mm -hmm. because I didn't want them to, I felt like if, if I told them, about it then they would have that fear yeah but it revealed itself to my daughter 
when she was visiting down there. Whoa. That's really creepy. That book. God, that must be some sort of really, really evil thing that he so has. She, she felt like that was the book of death. You know, like in the, you know, biblical times, you know, when, when Jesus died and he came back three days later, mm -hmm. you know, the Roman Empire was like telling the soldiers, no, tell him that the disciples stole the body. He's dead. Like he, he was like, like they were trying to spread the word that Jesus was still dead. Oh. But Jesus was, you know, he kept visiting back, visiting back, and, you know, he showed the disciples, you know, he is, he is alive. You know, there was Doubting Thomas that, you know, he was the last disciple out of the group to believe that Jesus actually was alive again. But in, you know, thinking about it, like the devil wants the people to know that Jesus died that he still like he never rose again oh, I and see. you know I'm, I'm i'm glad that my daughter knew that jesus was alive and told it i don't believe you and that kind of concerned me you know of other children that may not you know know the word of god the holy book the holy bible right the holy bible and and just believe, you know, like how my son said, I'm only seven years old. I don't know what to believe. Yeah. What would you say to the parents as far as, um, so I imagine you would really, if you had a message to share, it would be, you know, make sure you, you tell your kids that these things we believe in are true, that Jesus yeah. is... His spirit is alive. It's not gone. It's here with us all the time. I imagine you'd, you'd Jesus, have something like that to share. Yeah, Jesus did rise again on the third day. He <laughs> took the keys, the key of death from Satan. And, you know, it's very important to know that Jesus is alive. Mm -hmm. And that we have, you know, Jesus, before Jesus left to heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit as a comforter and you know during my hard times in the hard moments you know i would you know ask the holy spirit to come and comfort me you know on the times that you know i'm a, i you know, i felt uncomfortable in my house mm -hmm. you know not mm -hmm. even knowing that why my house feels so uncomfortable and even though people said you know that house was haunted 20 years ago you know i asked the holy spirit to come and comfort me and give me peace And, you know, I would pray and, and I, I, you know, the heavenly peace would come. You know, I would pray and I would ask God, you know, when I would, the moments that I felt really uncomfortable, like there were, like I would hear movement in the house. Mm -hmm. That is, you know, not my German shepherd dog. I would ask God, God, Please send your army of angels, your warrior angels down and fight off whatever spirit 
being is trying to make its way in my house. It is not welcome here. And it would flee. It would it would go. And there is power in prayer. Yeah, is there what is. I want. I want to let you guys know. There is. There's lots of power in that. Like with ours, um, I have one story. I don't know if if you've listened to one of the podcasts with. Uh, there's another anonymous person that came on, and I shared a story with him. So. This would be my second great-grandpa um, around that generation. The, anyways, kind of hate to say his name. He, he stayed across the river from where I grew up and my grandpa grew up and where he was born and everything like that on the reservation. And See, my grandpa's mom had gotten sick, so she went to an old guy that knew medicine. In our way, we call it medicine, the healing things, the spiritual things that they can do to heal you or to fix you or if there's something wrong you know it's called mm -hmm. medicine so he was one of these men that had that had those rights and those gifts from i guess how i'd say it to you is they're gifts from god and they help people so it's almost like having a a conduit i guess where god could do his work here for us still while he's over there I guess that's how I would kind of translate that. Well, they had gotten sick with tuberculosis, and in them days, you were you were going to die from that. There was no cure for it, you know. You were just kind of nursed in a hospital until you passed away or made it through on your own. But mm -hmm. she had gotten that, and so did um, this other lady with her. So they went over, and they asked him, they approached him, and says, you know, we know you can, you know, do medicine and do these doctorings and on people and stuff and can you help us and he told them oh i don't know how to i don't have any gifts for that i don't know how to how to deal with that he says but you guys wait he says i'm gonna go sleep and what that means when they say i'm gonna go sleep those old ones they, they say they're gonna go fast that's what that means they're gonna go fast and a fast is four days and four nights without any food or water while they're out alone and um what they're trying to do is get in contact with i guess how would i say it your way those angels or or god and they're trying to ask him for help and guidance on how to help people and it's always done in a good way there's no malicious intent with any of it or it don't work so he's out doing this and finally he comes back and he calls for a bunch of people to gather and he teaches people certain things that he learned while he was out there. Because those spirits did come. And he got my grandma and the other lady together. And he did what they showed him. Sung these certain songs. Made these this medicine in a certain way. However it was supposed to be made. And he healed them. And he, he talked about it once after that. Um, he says, you know when I went out there and I got this this gift to heal, heal this tuberculosis, the man who taught it to me. Um, he says, that man right there, and there was a picture of Jesus. He says, this man right here, he had a beard, and he was wearing brown robes. And this is the man who taught me how to do that. And uh, a lot of those elders talked about it at the time. They said, it's rare 
that this spirit from this foreign spirit you know that come from the 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 Christians Catholics they says it's rare that this happens that it crosses over to our way but it does they said this isn't the first time it's happened but it's rare that that happens and he a lot of times those old people used to signify their gifts of what they got their blessings with his he wore a choker around his neck like a beaded imagine like a beaded belt but kind of around your neck and on it there was a cross that's how he signified that part of of himself and that's what I'm saying is I I know that that spirit of of Jesus is really powerful because he helped heal my grandma right and helped heal a lot of our people too we don't necessarily have the same ways of going about spirituality with the Christians and the Catholics but those spirits are the same you know I've always said you may not believe in them but they believe in you <laughs> so I think it's really powerful that you guys can do that too, you know, call on things to help you. And it's it's really interesting and I'm glad that you guys have that to, to help ward off these things, these bad things that are in this world that do exist. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty much the end of our talk that we had and I've been dealing with a lot of stuff in my personal life, so I've been kind of slow getting these podcasts out, but don't worry, they'll, they'll all be caught up. I'll make sure that we each get what we need, you know, like, I'll have to put out another podcast this month, plus uh, members only, and then going into March, you'll still have two more podcasts and another members only, so um, I had a lot of traveling, and geez, everybody's getting sick in my family, like, right now. For the past few, this week, I want to say, kids are running fevers over 100 degrees. Uh, wife's sick and she's out of work because she hurt her knee as well. It's swollen up and there's been some doctor visits and whatnot. And I've been trying my best to keep my business running. You know, I'm a, a subcontractor for flooring in, in the real world. <laughs> and uh, house payments don't stop. We gotta make our mortgage, truck payments, you know, all that life. So anyways, I've been juggling a lot in my personal life, trying to get everything in order. And I just wanted to kind of fill everybody in that the podcast is still going. (laughs) It's just I have a lot of things on my plate right now and it kind of takes me away from, well, my hobby, which is this podcast. And, um... Here's a guy named the Grouse Whisperer. He's one of my followers. And I just want to tell him, hey man, we're still going. Don't worry, bro. <laughs> You're going to have more. And uh, so coming up, I'm hoping to get a few more uh, new speakers out here. And just stay tuned for that. We have uh, we have more coming up here. And... I'll be editing those and getting through those here shortly, so we'll be caught up here in no time. Thanks for being here, everyone. 
Thanks for listening to the podcast. I thank all the patrons, all the listeners, and all the subscribers that are out there. Um, Please like and share this podcast wherever you can. And I appreciate it. Till next time.